the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the, uh, let's see, Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take the first couple of segments to look at the headlines from the day and the lighter side of the news later in this uh, second half of the first hour. You're keeping up with all of that. Also, we'll feature the Christian Outlook this week. It'll feature Nicole Hunt to focus on the family, talking about how the abortion industry has shifted from being pro-abortion to being primarily, um, well, in a different focus, very anti-life and very aggressively opposed to the pro-life movement. We'll also uh, hear from Alistair Begg of Truth For Life as he discusses the importance of integrity and courage. And we'll hear from Christina Kiefer, an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom, to talk about West Virginia's women's sports law that was challenged by a male athlete who, by the way, displaced over 100 female athletes from competition by his very presence. All of that coming up in the second hour of today's program. Well, taking a look at some of the headlines, a seemingly casual greeting to the former president of the United States. That social media abuzz on Thursday when a judge presiding over the arraignment of former President Trump referred to him as Mr. Trump. Uh, Trump pled not guilty in federal court in Washington, D.C. to all four federal charges stemming from special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into the 2020 election interference and Capitol riot on January 6th. U.S. Magistrate Judge Moxella Yupanhaya, uh, she presided over Thursday's proceedings and reporters and onlookers highlighted how she referred to the former president as Mr. Trump. The greeting sparked speculation on whether Trump would be uh, stung by the lack of presidential reference. Devin Archer torpedoed the Biden camp's uh, defense of controversial dinner with Burisma executive. Hunter Biden's ex-business partner and best friend confirmed during his recent closed-door interview with the House Oversight Committee that then-Vice President Joe Biden was at the infamous spring 2015 dinner with his son's foreign business associates, despite the Biden campaign repeatedly saying that he was never there. Devin Archer told investigators that the elder Biden had dinner with him and several others, including uh, the Burisma representative, when Biden arrived, Archer said Biden shook everybody's hand and joined the conversation. In 2020, the New York Post reported an explosive story about Hunter Biden introducing his then vice president father to a top executive at Ukrainian energy firm Burisma, where Hunter had served uh, on its board and reportedly collected more than $50,000 a month. The story set off a firestorm and rejections from Biden's close aides. Andrew Bates, who's not a White House spokesperson, but at the time worked on the communication team of Biden's 2020 campaign, roundly denied the meeting ever happened. However, an email that was widely reported a couple of years ago showed that Hunter Biden told um, the uh, son of the Burisma uh, firm uh, three weeks before the dinner on March the 26th, the 15, that Hunter's dad will be there, but Keep it just between the two of us for now. Experts on Friday acting out of um, the 2018 Florida school shooting uh, with live rounds of ammunition that can be heard as far as a mile away 
are planning the reenactment in a move that some residents are calling insane and horrific. The reenactment is part of a lawsuit brought by victims' families against the school's former officer, Scott Peterson, and his employer, the Broward County Sheriff's Office says. Our residents cannot understand why this reenactment is necessary. It borders on insanity, they say. Haven't the families um, of the victims suffered enough? Just let it go. End quote. Well, the community is still reeling from the Valentine's Day massacre that left 17 dead and another 17 injured when former student Nicholas Cruz, now 24, stalked three floors of the classroom building with an assault rifle in one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history. Cruz pled guilty in 2021, was sentenced to life in prison. Ballistics experts will fire up to 139 shots inside the building as technicians <coughs> outside record uh, the sound of the gunfire, seeking to simulate what Peterson heard. Peterson, as you might recall, was acquitted in June of felony, child neglect, and other criminal charges for failing to enter the building, engage the gunmen, and help the victims during the six-minute rampage. In other news, two Democrat lawmakers from Tennessee who were expelled after protesting on the state House floor in favor of stricter gun control, they've won back their seats. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, both Democrats, who were part of the so-called Tennessee Three, defeated Republicans in their special elections on Thursday. Just two days ahead of a planned stop at Madison Public Library in Huntsville, Alabama on Saturday, actor-writer Kirk Cameron, along with his publisher Brave Books and special guest women's sports advocate Riley Gaines, have learned that they will not be welcomed due to the library system's concern about logistics and safety ahead of the gathering. The Huntsville-Madison County Public Library System said in a release on Wednesday afternoon that it can no longer accommodate the book reading event. The Brave Books team said it was uh, challenging the conclusion. In a press release, the library system said the Moms of Liberty organization had planned to feature Brave Books in a meeting to... um, Uh, at a Madison Public Library room, and due to the event's anticipated attendance increasing beyond the library's capacity, the library will be unable to host the event. The release continued. Initially, the organizers of the event reported 20 attendees to library officials. On Tuesday, the library learned that the event organizers are are now expecting over 300 people, a number that far exceeds any meeting room capacity within the Huntsville facility. Uh, that's being challenged in response to the cancellation notice sent by the library system. First Liberty Institute, the law firm representing Cameron and the publisher Brave Books, has written to the director of the library system. Well, Donald Trump's rivals for the 2024 nomination split on their latest indictment, whether or not they stand with or against the president. Well, Donald Trump's rivals um, uh, we're split on how to read his indictment on Thursday in a Washington, D.C. courtroom. One saying the former president's actions invited his legal woes. Another said the legal system has been politicized. Trump pled not guilty. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, pled not guilty. This could have been preventable. It didn't have to happen. Will Hurd, a long shot for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination and vocal critic of Trump, said, speaking to Fox News Digital, it didn't have to happen. Uh, if he had uh, been like every other president and accepted the election, he wouldn't be in this position, Heard argued. Also, when he uh, learned he had classified documents, all he had to do was turn them back. Instead, he lied about them and then tried to destroy evidence that he knew about them. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who, like Heard, is a vocal Trump critic, said in a social media posting, 
that uh, today's arraignment of Donald Trump, hashtag, is a sad day for the party of Lincoln and Reagan. He uh, hoodwinked his supporters on January 6th, and he's trying to do it again. The GOP needs a course correction. On the opposite end of the spectrum was multimillionaire biotech entrepreneur and best-selling author and culture wars crusader Vivek Ramaswamy, who charged that Trump's indictment was the politicized persecution of political opponents. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who served as ambassador to the United Nations during the Trump administration, said during an interview in New Hampshire that, like most Americans, I'm uh, tired of commenting on every Trump drama. I've lost track of whether this indictment is the third or fourth or fifth. But Haley reiterated in her Good Morning New Hampshire appearance that she said that uh, January 6th was a terrible day. I've also said that Donald Trump bears some responsibility for what happened. But Trump didn't attack the Capitol. It's not a crime to say you think an election was stolen. She uh, uh, should not. He should not have uh, uh, been persecuted, pr- prosecuted, I think is the right word. I think the Justice Department has been way too political. So candidates divided on their stance with regard to this latest indictment. The Biden administration quietly revised its data analysis of gas stove regulations it proposed earlier this year, showing they would produce fewer consumer savings than previously projected. The Department of Energy filed a notification of data availability as part of its ongoing gas stove rulemaking this week showing that Americans will save 30% less than it said they would under the regulations when they were first proposed in February. And Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm secretly consulted a top Communist Chinese Party energy official before the Strategic Petroleum Reserve releases. The Energy Secretary engaged in multiple conversations with the Chinese government's top energy official days before the administration announced it would tap the reserve to combat high gas prices in 2021. Um, The uh, transcripts reveal that just days before the public announcement was made to the American people, that contact was made. Uh, On November 23rd, the White House announced a release of 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the largest release of its kind in U.S. history at the time. Granholm's multiple closed-door meetings with Communist Chinese Party-connected energy officials raised serious questions about the level of Chinese influence on the administration's energy agenda. Instead of focusing on creating real energy independence for America, Granholm has been too busy parroting Chinese energy propaganda and insisting we call we can all learn from what China is doing. The public deserves to know the extent to which China officials are attempting to infiltrate U.S. energy policy and security. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. And we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, princess to president. Well, Meghan Markle turns 42 today. The former Hollywood actress is said to be contemplating her next role in politics, True Royalty TV co-founder Nick Bullen said reliable sources say that she's writing to people to try to secure political positions. That's absolutely an ambition for her. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex will be working much more separately because brand Sussex is definitely on the wane. They'll be concentrating on their individual brands to try to reclaim some of the ground. Huh. Interesting. Well, his aggressive approach to health fitness correlates to the Trump indictments, CBS literally slobbered over Jack Smith, the media fawning over the special counsel's triathlon competition and how his rigorous fitness, fitness routine and how it allegedly correlates to his indictment of the former president. CBS anchor Nora O'Donnell 
She paused to put a spotlight on the former president's courtroom rival. Jack Smith is somebody who has run and has competed in over 100 triathlons. He was reportedly at one point um, had hit uh, was hit by a truck on his bike. Ten weeks later, he ran a triathlon. She continued, this is a man with a lot of grit, a lot of determination. And even when we've seen in this indictment is just a sliver of what we know and what his uh, prosecutorial team knows, his aggressive approach to his personal health and exercise correlates to how he approaches his persecution. And that's the word she used and his strategy. Anyway, CBS News correspondent Robert Costa added, this isn't the first time the media raved about Smith's fitness regime. I don't see how that's relevant, but apparently it's a big deal to some of the observers. Well, cartel members are preying on vulnerable migrants desperate to get to America, viewing them as products that they can exploit for money or sex, according to the directors from two El Paso nonprofits, saying that when migrants uh, travel through, there's a lot of cartel and mafia activity that they encounter and they are taken advantage of. They don't see people as people, but as products to be moved and profit from. The director of marketing from Rescue Mission of El Paso said it really is a humanitarian crisis. Well, Gavin Newsom has raised millions for a potential 2024 run that he's not going to make, of course. While presidential candidate from Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, has accepted a Newsom debate challenge. Well, according to a new report, Newsom has built a fundraising effort. That reflects those of presidential candidates, despite vowing not to run against Biden. The California governor, who might know something we don't know, has set up three Newsom-affiliated PACs that have raised and spent millions of dollars in their first three months. Forming the political fundraising committee allows him to explore the possibility of a White House run without announcing it outright. Meanwhile, Florida Republican governor and candidate for the GOP nomination for president, Ron DeSantis, announced Wednesday that he would be willing to debate California's Democratic governor in a live broadcast. In June, when Sean Hannity interviewed Newsom, the Fox News host asked if the liberal governor would be willing to debate DeSantis. Newsom replied, replied rather, I'm all in counting. Uh, count on it. The letter on the formal debate rules obtained by NBC stated that Hannity should moderate the debate to be held in Georgia, Nevada or North Carolina with no notes for either candidate during the 90 minute event. Governor Newsom's office has been linked to funding the recently discovered illegal Chinese bio lab. Well, last week it was discovered that there was a secret China linked bio lab in an ostensibly empty warehouse outside Fresno, California. It was needless to say a disturbing story. We aren't talking about some sterile, well controlled biological research facility that hadn't kept up with the, its paperwork. Now, this was a hidden lab piled with chemicals, boxes, refrigerators with chemicals and 20 deadly viruses and genetically engineered mice that had been bred to catch and spread human virus like COVID-19. It was in an ostensibly abandoned warehouse and when the inspectors showed up the lab equipment had been hastily turned off before whoever was working there disappeared the latest twist on all this is that the company that originally owned the equipment before it was acquired by the current owner prestige biotech was named universal meditech and universal meditech was subsidized by gavin newsom's office of business and economic development seriously though doesn't this seem more Uh, than a bit odd, not the lab that is extremely odd, but rather the near silence by the media. 
in a divided state of justice, laws are being applied differently. Two sets of laws now operate in America. Victor Davis Hansen points out in his latest article, Donald Trump may face prison for removing contested White House files to his home, while Joe Biden seems exempt despite removing and keeping classified files in unseen location, unsecure locations. Additional disparities uh, include Trump's impeachment related to Ukraine, Clinton's elimination of subpoena devices, and allegations of election supervision. These examples underscore a concerning divide in the legal landscape. The left has crafted one set of laws for themselves and another for all other Americans, systematically dismantling the constitutional foundations of the United States as we once knew them. You can find um, Victor David Davis Hansen's entire article at American Greatness. White House officials passed Facebook for special Uh, rather pressed Facebook for special access to target vaccine-hesitant users, contradicting White House claims at the time, according to internal communications viewed by Fox Business. The White House asked for special tools to target users worried about COVID vaccine side effects. The idea of Big Brother snooping on Facebook was something the White House brushed off when Peter Ducey asked about government spying on uh, profiles for vaccine misinformation in July of 2021. Representative Jim Jordan says President Biden's head of strategic communications and public engagement for the COVID-19 response, Courtney Rowe, mocked Real America's ability to determine what's true and what isn't. A new GOP bill could pave the way for legal action against federal censorship of free speech. Senator Eric Schmidt and Representative Dan Bishop, both Republicans from Missouri and North Carolina, respectively, introduced legislation that would allow citizens to hold officials accountable if they attempt to censor online speech. The latest push from conservatives to protect free speech online. The Censorship Accountability Act introduced in both chambers of Congress would permit lawsuits being against federal executive branch officials believed to be participating in censorship for damages. This legislation would allow citizens to hold individual bureaucrats accountable if they collude with social media companies to censor speech. And a breast cancer patient has been barred from an Oregon clinic following her objection to trans pride flag. Well, a woman who was a current breast cancer patient was banned from her hospital over alleged hurtful remarks about the LGBTQ community and flag. Marlene Barbara made a comment about being opposed to a trans pride flag in a waiting room of the Richmond Family Medical Clinic in Portland. She later learned that other staff had viewed her comments several weeks after she got a message from the Oregon Health Science University practice manager who said that Barbara was banned from the clinic effective immediately over her remarks about the LGBTQ community and staff. Since then, she has continued her search for a lawyer and has said that she... Her anxiety is through the roof. It's not yet clear if she has, say, an alternative facility to treat her cancer. A university professor is advocating exposure to adult anatomy for kids to prepare for transgender encounters, facing some backlash on Facebook. A university professor has claimed kids should be exposed to adult genitalia to prepare them for the possibility of seeing a naked trans person. Okay. Journalism professor Dr. Katka Thiem at the University of British Columbia made the comment criticizing swimmer and women's rights advocacy host Riley Gaines. Thiem also hit back at Gaines, who has been vocal against the inclusion of transgender athletes in women's sports. The professor's remarks have been met with criticism and sparked debate on social media. 
Jim Jordan is probing the White House's alleged misinformation control tactics. And the U.S. is considering an historic measure of stationing armed troops on the commercial ships in face of uh, Iran's maritime aggression. Well, the U.S. military is considering putting armed personnel on commercial ships traveling through the Straits of Hormuz in what uh, would be an unheard of action aimed at stopping Iran from seizing and harassing civilian vessels. America didn't even take this step during the tanker war, which culminated with the U.S. Navy and Iran fighting a one-day naval battle in 1988. While officials offered few details of the plan, it comes as thousands of Marines and sailors on both the amphibious assault ship USS Bataan and the USS Carter. Carter Hall are on their way to the Persian Gulf. The Bataan and Carter Hall left Norfolk, Virginia in July on a mission the Pentagon described as being in response to recent attempts by Iran to threaten the free flow of commerce in the Straits of Hormuz and its surrounding waters. We're going to take a quick break. I've got a lot of headlines, so we're going to continue to uh, take a look at them into the next segment. So stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Well, Bidenomics isn't polling well. The administration's effort to gaslight the public on his economic record, which they've dubbed Bidenomics, isn't faring well. According to a recent CNN poll, 51 percent of voters believe the economy under Biden is getting worse. In fact, just 20 percent of the economy is improving, with another 28 percent saying it has stabilized. More bad news for Joe Biden is that a majority of voters, 54 percent, trust Republican lawmakers over him, 45 percent on economic issues. Most voters, um, no playing name games, won't turn the economy around. This doesn't necessarily translate into a political win, but it is an interesting snapshot of this moment. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled on Thursday that the Biden administration's version of the Trump era remain in Mexico asylum rule can remain in place. The rule requires asylum seekers to apply for asylum in the country they were first entering on their way toward the U.S. In most instances, this would be Mexico. Failure to follow this rule would prevent granting an asylum within the U.S. There are exceptions, such as a child traveling alone. New Jersey is ensuring that uh, the promulgation of the left's gender-bending ideology in K-12 through schools. The Garden State's Department of Education passed a series of equity requirements that include a new rule for sex education classes that are separate for boys and girls. Students are to be assigned their gender-specific classes based on their declared gender identity and not their biological sex. What could possibly go wrong? Well, meanwhile, the Sunshine State is aggressively reining in this gender-bending idea. The Florida Department of Education on Thursday restricted the inclusion of an AP psychology course from the College Board due to the course's promotion of gender and sexual ideology. The College Board claims it was being directed to censor certain content of the course, which it refused to do. Well, Florida's Department of Education noted that it didn't ban the course, rather just one week before school starts. The College Board is attempting to force school districts to prevent students from taking the AP psychology course. The Education Department further noted that International Baccalaureate and Cambridge Advanced International Certificate of Education Advanced Psychology courses do not run afoul of Florida law and will be offered. Hunter Biden associate Devin Archer testified that Hunter sold more than the illusion of access in the recently released transcript of his testimony. Diane Feinstein, now 90, has ceded power of attorney to her daughter, but she's still serving in Congress. Facebook files 2.0 reveal the White House pressured Facebook to censor true content. 
And President Biden's Department of Justice may be working with leftist groups to silence parents again. A conservative group is demanding answers about whether the Department of Justice under President Joe Biden is repeating its 2021 strategy of targeting concerned parents after the Southern Poverty Law Center added concerned parents to its hate map. SPLC staff have met with Biden at the White House and the administration has adopted the book banning rhetoric many activists use to slam parents concerned about sexually explicit books in school libraries. A text company has deleted a parental rights group's events on its site after the SPLC added the group to its hate map which plots conservative nonprofits alongside neo-Nazis and the Ku Klux Klan. Parents note that it's alarming that we live in a time in America where trained Marxists can have an organization canceled simply because they do not agree. The U.S. economy added 187,000 jobs in July, fewer than expected. The American Academy of Pediatrics has taken a half step back from gender-affirming care. Establishment American medical associations have been working across a variety of issues, particularly what it called gender affirming care for children with gender dysphoria. The problem for practitioners of transgender ideological medicine is that there is now significant pushback from doctors who practice in relevant specialties and from socially progressive countries like the UK, Sweden, Norway, Finland and France that can't be credibly accused of pushing social conservatism as polity. An uh, influential uh, group of doctors is taking an extra step of commissioning a systematic review of medical research on their treatments following similar efforts in Europe that found uncertain evidence for their effectiveness in adolescence. And the the Louisiana law is requiring in God we trust be displayed at all public schools. It's now gone into effect. Well, July marked the 48th straight month over the past four years of firearm sales over one million. Well, on this day in history, 1790, the U.S. Coast Guard has its beginning as President George Washington signs a measure authorizing a group of revenue cutters to enforce tariff and trade laws to prevent smuggling. 1830, plans for the city of Chicago are laid out. Yes, it was planned. 1936, Jesse Owens wins the second of his four gold medals for the United States at Berlin Olympics as he prevails in the long jump over German Lutz Long, who was the first to congratulate him. As you might recall, Adolf Hitler refused to shake Jesse Owens' hands, but could not deny that this uh, conflicted with his uh, view of the master race. 1944, Anne Frank is arrested with her sister, parents, and four others by the Gestapo after hiding for two years inside a building in Amsterdam. Anne and her sister Margot would die at the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. 1964, the bodies of missing civil rights workers Michael Schwerner, Andrew Goodman, and James Chansey were found buried in earthen in an earthen dam in Mississippi. 1877, we've uh, gone back just a bit here. It should be 1977. President Jimmy Carter signs a measure establishing the Department of Energy. 1987, the Federal Communications Commission voted four to nothing to abolish the Fairness Doctrine, which requires radio and television stations to present balanced coverage on controversial issues. 1993, a federal judge sentences Los Angeles police officer Stacy Kuhn and Lawrence Powell to two and a half years in prison for violating Rodney King's civil rights. 1997, Teamsters go on strike for a 15-day strike against UPS after talks break down with the nation's largest package delivery service. 2004, former teacher Mary Kay Letourneau 
convicted of having relations with a 6th grade pupil, is released from a Washington state prison after seven and a half years behind bars. Letourneau would die July 7, 2020, from cancer. 2009, North Korean leader Kim Jong-il, he pardons American journalist Laura Lena and Yuna Lee for entering the country illegally and orders their release during a uh, surprise visit by President Bill Clinton. See, um, nine people in 2019 are killed and dozens hurt when a suspect wearing body armor opens fire outside a bar in Dayton, Ohio, hours after another mass shooting left 20 dead in El Paso. Well, it's uh, it's a pretty heavy news day, a lot going on, a lot to think about, a lot to pray about. We're going to switch our focus on the lighter side of the news, perhaps cleansing the palate just a bit as we head into the weekend. I want to invite James Blend to join me for uh, for that. He'll uh, join me in studio here in just a moment. I also want to remind you that coming up in the um, second hour of the program, today's Christian Outlook, Nicole Hunt to focus on the family. We'll talk about the abortion industry and how it's uh, shifted its focus. We'll also hear from Alistair Begg from Truth for Life, discussing the importance of integrity and bravery in addressing the challenges of life and education. Don Crow uh, will talk with Christiana Kiefer, an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom, to talk about West Virginia's women's sports law that was uh, challenged by a male athlete who, by the way, displaced over 100 female athletes from competition by his very presence. All of that coming up in the second hour of today's program. So now we'll switch our focus to the lighter side of the news. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's uh, nice to finally get in here. We've had quite a day today. We had no access to the Internet for most of the day. And that only changed in the last maybe 20, 30 minutes. I did think it was funny once the Internet started working, how many emails I got from my coworkers about the Internet not working. (laughs) I noticed that, too. I'm not sure how that all happened. But anyway, um, I went a little over on the the hard news. So we have a shortened time for us to look at the lighter side of the news. But I wanted to get that in to kind of cleanse the palate as we make our way into the weekend. A seamless transition. Absolutely. And ahead of the Christian Outlook, we'll be featuring uh, this week. Let's just try to get one story in before we have to go to break. All right. Um, Officials in a Massachusetts town said school was supposed to have been painted on the road outside the middle school, but the word was accidentally misspelled as shul, S-H-C-O-O-L, school. Well, the town of Holden said the word, um, a warning about the reduced speed limit outside Mountain View Middle School was painted about two weeks ago and contractors have been unable to correct it due to the recent weather conditions. (laughs) School, or rather School will start um, misspelled. Well, I don't think they can mark any kids down for uh, any spelling test mistakes. If the city can't get it right, how should they be expected to? Yeah, let's lower the expectations. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a break. Let's spell it B-R-A-K-E this time just for fun. All right. We're going to take a B-R-A-K-E. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back with some of the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. James Blend has joined me as we have this one short segment to take a look at the lighter side of the news. I feel minimized, marginalized, left behind. Are you triggered? I have been triggered, yes. Yeah, well. Three words. Get over it. All right, I'm over it. <laughs> oh, he's so resilient. Now, let's see. An, an unusual home for sale in Nebraska was formerly a missile silo before being remodeled 
by a popular YouTuber, a missile silo. Andrew Flair, the influencer behind the Flair channel on YouTube, uh, bought the former nuclear silo for $550,000 in 2022, spent 45 days transforming it into an underground home. Uh, he chronicled the space's transformation on his YouTube video, adding a full kitchen and a three-quarter bath to the tanker, as well as luxury vinyl plank flooring, a movie theater screen, a popcorn machine, and a foosball table. So you can survive the Holocaust in uh, in comfort. I wanted to sell it as a, I think he calls it turnkey. Uh, you could literally live down there if you wanted to properly. Uh, the home is now being sold for $750,000. Um, here's an opportunity to own a piece of Cold War military history and the ultimate survivalist retreat, weekend escape, or perhaps an Airbnb, the listing states. Um, he says that uh, they've already received multiple calls about the property. I've seen a couple of these before where they've taken like underground, various underground facilities from the Cold War and, and eras and uh, turned them into like accommodations. Well, let's call it suitable for living. I don't know if I would want to be down there for any extended period of time. I mean, I'm, I know I'm an indoor pet, but even I have my limits. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping, uh, you know, if you live down there, you take copious amounts of vitamin D. But uh, I, I think it'd be interesting perhaps to stay at one as an Airbnb type situation, just because I, I'm mildly curious, but not enough to spend extended time down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to buy it as a residence, and no, you're right. Just the curiosity sort of... factor is enough to maybe spend a night or two. And it might make it as an Airbnb. Who knows? Yeah. Well, dog owners in a southern French town are having to get their pet DNA tested under new rules to tackle the scourge of poop-strewn pavements. The mayor of the uh, town has introduced the mandatory tests, meaning street cleaners will be able to uh, take samples from the droppings they find in the center of the town to identify the owners. Well, the owners, pets anyway. Uh, the Those responsible for failing to pick up after their animals will be forced to pay a 120 euro cleaning fee. That's $135. I'm outraged that some people never clean up after their animals, the mayor said in the local radio program. We did account the town picked up 1,000 droppings just in the center of town. That's not right. We thought that we would put uh, police officers on the streets. It would be uh, have an effect. But when there's a police officer, people clean up. It's when there's no one around that they, well, simply leave it there. Well, Menard, who's the uh, mayor, who is an independent um, with close, close links to this whole thing, has been seeking to introduce dog DNA testing since 2016, but has had previous efforts knocked back by the state on legal grounds. The new rules have been introduced on an experimental basis for the next two years. Interesting. Yeah, wow. I, I'm not sure I'd want that I, job. I know, you know. That uh, every once in a while you hear it, one of those, and go, that sounds like something Mike Rowe would do on cable, not something I'd want to do. As a job. Yeah, dirty jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, dirty, filthy, rotten jobs. Smelly. Awful. Horrific lines of work. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm just... No, no, it's, it's, it's okay. It's traumatic. I, I understand. Oh, take a deep breath. It's all right. Well, the rideshare company, Uber... Uh, released its seventh annual Lost and Found Index on Thursday, tracking the weirdest stuff left behind in Ubers, the most forgetful U.S. cities, and more. Uber's 2023 Lost and Found Index, clothing, phones, 
Keys and wallets, they top the list of most commonly forgotten items. Not too surprising there. But as always, writers leave their unique and sometimes starkly unusual uh, things as well. Uber saw people forget everything from a fog machine to an ankle monitor and a Danny DeVito Christmas ornament in there in this year's index. Those um, uh, feature among the 10 weirdest things left in Ubers, a list that also includes my dog is in the car, a toy poodle. Not sure what that meant. A blue cap that says I love the smell of jet fuel in the morning. Some bowling rags. A unicycle, 16 ounces of fake blood, a printer, and a pin with Jesus holding a slice of pizza. Still bizarre but not making Uber's top 10, two fingernails, six cheesecakes, my happy sauce, an important pregnancy test, self-respect, and um, a number of other things. Some of the uh, top lost and found trends also... um, Uber saw a significant spike in lost Disney and Harry Potter items, especially mini ears, lightsabers, Disney magic bands, and of course, magic wands. Um, Gaming on the go, Nintendo Switch uh, was the number one gaming device this year with more than 70 lost. Uh, False dentures and teeth continue to take the biggest bite out of Uber's top lost items year over year. This year, more than 40 instances of misplaced pearly whites were reported. Um, though the number of lost diamond grills has declined, according to Uber. Uh, April 5th was the most common day of the year for forgotten items, with nearly 1,000 lost items in their report. And shawls have been one of the top clothing items left behind, with more than 30 riders forgetting their garments. Uber says it reunited a bunch of people with their lost pets, including dogs, turtles, hamsters, and rats, apparently left behind in the Uber. How do you forget a dog in an Uber? And finally, uh, with the recent egg shortage, it's no yoke that eggs became a hot commodity. Uber saw an uptick in reports from riders who left behind their their precious eggs and wanted to get their egg salient cargo back. So that's on the uh, the list for 2023 so far. Wow, that's I mean that's an impressive list. You know, of course. uh, I'm reminded when you said the you know dentures and teeth. uh, Right of that story, I know I've told you before about uh, how my father who made the false teeth for a living um decided on a plane flight once to uh, leave a demo pair of dentures in the airplane <laughs> bathroom and, and caused a you know almost nearly an international incident over it but uh, it, you know so sometimes i wonder if some of the now dogs and cats and living animals not with the withstanding i do wonder if some of the more odd items are done maybe a little tongue-in-cheek with uh with a bit of purpose for fun just to be yeah. weird yeah well, I mean, for me, weird. it's like, you know, I've got some stuff at home I would love to get rid of that I can't. The, the, the people on eBay don't even want that, uh, you know, maybe next time I take Uber, that's uh, I'll leave a few behind. Find something to leave behind. Well, a village in west central Alberta, about 88 kilometers west of Edmonton, has a unique community tradition. Every summer, the small village of Evansburg, they select a resident grouch to pester, complain and grumble at others. They select a resident grouch. Nominations for this year's grouch were due last Thursday. And when no one stepped up for the position, the village put out a call. Margaret Hodgkinson became the grouch in 2012. 
You can go around and growl at people as long as you don't swear at anybody, she said. She said she considered the uh, position an honor and a privilege because she became an ambassador for the community. As part of her duties, she represented Evansboro at trade shows and other events across the country as the resident grouch. Uh, this isn't the first time Evansburg struggled to find a grouch. There were only two nominees the year of um, the, the year Hodgkinson ran. I think secretly people want to be approached, uh, but nobody wants to uh, say I'm grouchy, she said. Um, let's see. The uh, the tradition of electing a grouch stems from when artist and local resident John Lower uh, was asked to paint a village welcome sign in 1974. He didn't know how to fill the extra space on the sign and considered adding the village population number uh, below. He counted the people, 603, dogs, 29, and after walking up and down the streets, the cats, 40. Still, he felt something was missing. He impulsively added plus one grouch to the sign. <laughs> well, speculation arose about who that grouch was, and the community decided to settle the debate with an election. It's been a tradition since the 70s in August uh, where they just celebrate the community and the people in it. In the 90s, a new slogan was adopted, Home of the Grouch. Hopefully, any visitor to the village upon encountering any local who is being less than congenial would be more easily able to forgive such behavior, assuming this person to be our one admitted grouch, it says on the Edmondsburg, Evansburg Entwistle Chamber of Commerce website. Well, since its inception, the Grouch has been characterized, adopted, and even copyrighted. The Grouch receives an official Grouch certificate and an honorary address, number 10 Frowning Street in downtown Evansburg, where uh, there's also a Grouch bench. Every summer, people in Evansburg, they elect a local Grouch. But this year, the small town west of Edmonton had a tough time finding uh, their nominee nominations for the grouch were due, as I mentioned, last Thursday when no one stepped up. Uh, they put a call out to find uh, recruits and have found a few. Uh, Margaret, who had been the um, a resident grouch in 2012, um, uh, earned uh, the title then. The grouch is a coal miner who wears uh, bright blue overalls, a helmet with a lamp attached, crazy, unruly red hair and carries a miner's pick. Okay, that was the Grouch in 95. A Grouch must live in Evansburg, be nominated, and must agree to the nomination. After the nominees have been chosen, donation cans uh, pop up around the community, and people can vote for their favorite Grouch through donations. Um, Part of the attraction for the Grouch is that it portrays a sense of community. It's a popular attraction to get the community together in a positive light, sort of, and just celebrate who we are and where we've come from. The new Grouch will be announced at the uh, uh, Pimbany valley days festival in august over the long weekend well good luck finding the next grouch i mean i think uh yeah I, I, i'm thinking about down the road potential retirement spots this this seems for this seems like it's right up my alley i I think i could win that if i lived there especially because i mean you know alberta winters yeah. uh yeah that's enough, that's, to, enough to... <laughs> that's enough to make anybody grouchy yeah that's probably true i'm, I'm not sure you could be the grouch you're a pretty cheerful fellow. Uh-huh. Some of the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, we've got news and traffic coming up here at the top of the hour. And when we return, this week's Christian Outlook. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Or don't. We don't care. We do, too. Oh, yeah. I'm being Grouch. grouchy. Grouch. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. 
And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.